Good evening, guys. It's family. Great that you guys could join us in our Wednesday evening slot. And we trust you're just going to be encouraged tonight. And I trust that uh, God will just really start to come through for you certain areas of your lives and things that you're trusting God for. But before we get started tonight, I just want us to pray quickly. And so, Father, thank you for this time. Thank you that we're able to sit tonight and be able just to enjoy your presence, enjoy your word, enjoy fellowship with one another. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come, that you'd bring peace in our lives, that you bring joy in every circumstances we're facing right now. And I pray, Holy Spirit, God, that you would come and impact every home that is listening tonight. And even those who are listening later, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It is so, it's so crazy being constantly busy with recordings and, and messages. And sometimes we just feel like, I just feel sometimes like we're going over the same old, same old. We're speaking about the same stuff. We're speaking about the same questions. We're speaking about the same arguments. We're speaking about the same, you know, theories that are out there, whatever it might be. But I want to share a word of encouragement with you this morning. Yesterday morning I woke up uh, with Psalm 84 on my mind and I, I just worked my way through it. And as I worked my way through it, I just realized that it's, it's very much the season that we're going through right now, especially as believers. I do believe that when the lockdown happened initially, I think we were all not sure exactly how we how the thing was going to work, how the regulation is going to work. I think we tolerated for a while. And while we tolerated it, I found the church in a really good place. I found the church um, excited just to be at home more than anything, being able to spend time with God, being able to pray, being able to really get into some Bible study, you know, listen to some guys online. And so with the church in the first month and a half really was the exciting time for, for me just to watch the church grow and, and just evangelize the entire world from the ends of the earth. Um, it was just amazing. Um, and then lockdown ended and then most of us went back to our old lives and back to working again and things aren't the same and things weren't the same when we got back and so many people lost their jobs um, in this crazy season. But I just found that in the last week or so there's even more craziness been added onto already what we're enduring. It's, uh, you know, we've got so many movements out there, we've got so many different opinions out there, we've got so many different strategies out there, we've got thousands of questions out there. And at times, and I've said this before, and I need to repeat this again, that we have to stay focused in the season. You know, so often we get so distracted from the things of God. So often we get so distracted from our true calling, our true purpose, and our true plan that God has for us because we get involved in stuff that really haven't got anything to do with kingdom or kingdom life. You know, it, there's a simple thing that we always used to pray when we started church, and, Father, and we said a simple thing, Father, that everything we see, that everything we say, that everything we hear, that everything we entertain, bring your honor and glory. And so those were the criteria we lived by God, that what we saw, can you, can you be sitting next to us in a sense and watching this with us? What we said, Father, is it words that come from your heart, the things that we hear, Father, is it filtered through your Holy Spirit? Um, everything that we perceive around us, God, is it in your will and in your purpose, in your plan for us? Because as believers, often we get so distracted and we get so distracted because in a sense we want to defend a moral issue. We want to defend uh, what we believe, you know, is happening in the world around us or our own theory or our own philosophy. But Psalm 84 is probably one of my favorite psalms and I want to read it to you this evening. And I want to just break it down for a few minutes because I really want us to grab a hold of what God is saying to us in this season. I still believe it's probably the most exciting season in church life um, right now. And yes, it feels different. Yes, it feels weird. 
But this God is still doing something so unique in our lives if we stay focused. The crazy thing is over the last three or four weeks, I've just seen so many believers almost start to fall to pieces. Um, um, they got caught up in stuff they shouldn't got caught up in. They got caught up in, in conversations they shouldn't have had. They've heard things they should not have listened to. They've watched things they should not have watched. They've connected with people they should not have connected with. And all of a sudden, this utopia, almost in the sense that we had in the first six weeks of lockdown, you know, that whole prayer, praying to God and having worship music in our homes and watching sermons and online and all these kinds of things. It's almost like it started to fade away. And as that joy of spending time with each other, the joy of spending time with God, even if it's, uh, you know, just uh, 15, 20 minutes a day, it's like all of a sudden like it started to fade away and we almost went back into reality again and almost back into our old ways again. And, and, and I'm going to read Psalm 84 to you guys today because it's really one of my, my all-time favorite psalms. But it's written by the sons of Korah. Now you've got to understand, um, the sons of Korah, their fathers, um, in the days of Moses, the, the head musician Korah, he rose up a rebellion of about 250 men against Moses at the time. And uh, he, he wanted to go against everything that Moses was saying Moses was doing. And uh, you can go read the story, but what happened was that all of them were struck down, 250 of them dead. Their sons survived, and so we now read a lot of the Psalms of the sons of Korah that are writing the Psalms. And these are the sons of the fathers that were slain that God killed out of rebellion, that, went, that those who went into rebellion against Moses. And so we find a whole generation of sons that as they write these Psalms, that there's so much joy in their heart and there's so much thankfulness in their hearts because God saved them. God gave them another chance. And it's almost like, God, because you gave us another chance, we will only sing your praises. These guys came way before David even came. You know? And so you've got to understand something that these were, these were sons, in a sense, that were so thankful to God for what he had, that he had saved them that he just, they just, all they wanted to do was just sing and praise, praise his name. And the psalm writes up this, and this is how the one, the one psalmist writes, he says, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. How lovely, he says, he is sent to God, is your dwelling place. How, how, how lovely is that place where you inhabit, that, the place that you come and invade in a sense. And, and so often many of us, you know, we think it's got to do with church life and gathering in big meetings and all that kind of stuff. And we know that the church basically got closed down to 50 members. And so we haven't always got that fellowship. And the more people I bump to, the, the more people saying to me, yo, good, we're really missing church. We're really missing the fellowship. But the psalmist right, says, how lovely, how unbelievable, majestic is the place where your presence dwells. And, and, and we all know that his presence can dwell wherever there are two or three of us gathered in his name. We also understand that you and I can enter his presence with thanksgiving in our hearts as well and just come into his presence. But he says, how lovely is your tabernacle, Lord of us. He says, my soul, yes, even faints. Sorry, he says, my, my soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And, and, I, and I love this piece because he, he said, you know what, there's something that's not, I'm not determined by the world, not determined by what's going on around me. He says, but my soul, the very, the very thing inside of me that connects with you, becomes so desperate to meet with you. Um, as much as it can, that it even grows weary and it almost grows faint and it longs for that time in your presence. And, and as I read the scripture, you know, even in my own life, I was like, wow, God, this must have been something un 
unbelievable. Can you imagine you and I just waking up every day and our soul, the very, the very nature of God, the very, the very person of God that lives in us. Um, the word says, our souls long for the presence of God. Yes, we even grow faint if we can't get into the courts of God, in the, into the dwelling place, into the, the presence of God. And, and what an incredible way that he puts us, because he says, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And I love it because he's saying we're not crying out for rituals, we're not crying out for meetings, we're not crying out for certain kinds of worship, we're not crying out for any kinds of programs or um, you know, governmental structures or any form of leadership. He says, my soul grows so faint, my soul grows so weary, and all it wants to do is meet with the living God. It's such an interesting phrase that, the living God, because... Sometimes I wonder how many of us pray to God as if He is alive. And how many of us pray to God and read the Word simply because He's in a book. It's almost like a story to us. It's almost like we've got to um, you know, live this extraordinary life right now simply because we don't want to go to hell kind of a thing. But we don't understand that, that what the psalmist is writing about, what one of these sons is writing, and he says, you don't understand something, that God's presence is everything to me, that everything that I do, that everything that I'm about, that everything I believe in, that every song that I write and every song that I write, I write it from the presence of God. And, and in a sense he's saying, I, I'm not going to be distracted by the craziness happening around me because what my heart really cries out, he says my flesh cries out, my flesh, not even just my soul, my flesh, my very being cries out for the presence of the living God. Sometimes we get so distracted by the craziness around us that we forget about God. You know, even Jesus in his days with his disciples, and even Jesus, uh, we, you know, when he would get off a boat or he often minister people, the word says that he would, he would withdraw to himself, uh, himself to an isolated place where he would go seek the Father, almost like that, that he got so busy with the crowds, with the disciples and the miracles and the preaching and the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 3,000, there were times where he just disappeared and almost like went and found himself in the presence of God and allowed God to almost download what was the next season and what was the next thing that God desired of him in his mission on earth. And I often wonder how many of us have taken time to try and find out what God really wants to do in and through us right now in the season. You see, we get caught up in the season. But you've got to understand something, you know, Ecclesiastes said, there's a season to everything under the sun. And you go read Ecclesiastes, it says, there's a season to pick up stones, there's a season to throw away stones, there's a season to sow, and there's a season to harvest, there's a season, you know, for everything under the sun. And I think that a lot of times we don't understand the season that we're in right now. Especially the church right now, it, it's like, it's almost been closed down from all sides. I've, I've listened to um, churches um, online saying that the police are now come to check up, that um, you know we're doing all these regulations right and make sure that the sanitizers are in place and that people are sitting together. There's a real attack that is happening on the house of God right now. And, and it's not our time to get in the ring. It's not our time now to say, well, well we're going to fight this thing or we're going to throw caution to the wind. And we, no, no. It's our time to isolate ourselves is our time to come into the presence of God. Say, God, what is it that you want for us as a church for the next season? Because, Father, we don't want to keep on doing what we've been doing for the last 20 years. Something has to change in my life. And so he says, as my flesh cries out for the living God, 
Verse 4 says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house, for they will still be praising you. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, alright? They will still be praising you. Those who dwell in His presence would have a different tongue in a sense. And for me, I've always read it like that because there's a, there's a tongue of praise that comes out of your mouth and my mouth when we find ourselves in the presence of God. And I said it on, on Sunday and last week. You know, it's easy when things are going great. It's easy to find ourselves reading the Word of God and being online. And it's easy to pray. It's in the difficult times where we really have to draw our strength from God to get to a place like the psalmist writes where even his flesh is crying out for God's presence. And, and, and I want to say this to you tonight, guys, that we need to be in a place of His presence. We need to be in a place where you and I are seeking God, not for ourselves, not for an answer to the world's governmental structure, where we really say, Father, what is it that you want us to do in this season right now? What are you expecting from me as a believer? What are you expecting from me as a, us as a family? What are you expecting from us as a church right now? Because, Father, we are journeying something that we've never journeyed before, and we don't want to make the same mistakes that everyone made before us. We want to get to a place where what we're journeying right now comes out in meaning. Verse 5 says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Blessed is the man who finds his strength, who finds his, com his completeness, who finds his joy, who finds his love and his forgiveness and his grace and his mercy. The word of God says, Blessed is him who draws all his strength from God. The word says, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. And I, I want to stop there for a second, because I don't want to be too long time. But his heart is set on pilgrimage. You know what a pilgrim does? A pilgrim just travels and travels and travels and travels. What he was saying really is that he's blessed are those whose heart refused to settle. And this is the problem in church that so often we settle. So often in our Christian life we just settle. So often in our Christian life we think, well, well I basically know the Word of God right. You know, my prayer time is really good. It's 15 minutes. Um, I can, you know, I sing three or four songs. And we almost put a limit on what God wants to do in our life. And this guy says, no. He says, this, this psalmist right? He says, don't ever settle. He says, don't settle because we're on a pilgrimage. We're on a journey. We're going, the Word of God says we go from glory to glory to glory. And, and I want to ask you, ask you your question this evening. Has your, your walk with God changed at all over the last um, three months? Has your, your prayer life changed in any way? The reading and your understanding of the Word of God, has that changed in any way? Have you and I been praying for a prophetic word going forward? Like, God, what do you want us to do as a church? Do you want us to pray walk? Do you want us to, whatever it might be, are we really seeking God? Because we know we're on a journey. We know we're going to get through this pandemic. We know we're going to get through this economic crisis. Why? Because the word says that we draw our strength from Him. He's the one that gives us our strength. But it goes on and says, As they pass through the valley of Baca, as they pass through the valley of distress, or as some um, people interpret, the valley of weeping. So even in the Psalms, he writes, you know, God is great to be in your courts and it's great to be in your house and it's great to be on this pilgrimage. But even in his own life, he says, there comes a time where we're going to journey hardship. We're going to journey stuff that, that we don't want to journey. And, and he calls it the valley of Bach or the valley of mourning, the valley of desolation, he says. And he says, we're going to go through it. Whether you like it or not, you and I are going to face a valley experience in our lives. And many of us have experienced a valley experience in the season that we're in right now. But listen to this. He says, just go back. He says, blessed is the man who finds his strength in you. 
So when you come to a place where you enter a valley of mourning, a valley of weeping, a valley of distress, he says, you, he says, they will make it, it, it a spring. Listen to that. If you've ever seen a natural spring that just water bubbles out of the earth and just causes this incredible river, and you don't even understand where this water comes from, but he says that which is barren, that which has been desolate, that which has been a hardship for you, that which has been impossible, that which you thought was dead before, that thing that you thought was desolate before, he says that when you draw your strength from God, he says that as you move through this program, this process, not, not settling, as you pilgrimage, as you move, as you march through this difficult time in your life, he says, he says, before without you realizing it, that there are springs of living water flowing behind you. He says, and the rain will cover all those desolate places with pools. You will go from strength to strength, each appearing before God inside. What an incredible picture. And I want you to get this prophetic picture today. I want you to grab a hold of what I'm trying to share with you this, 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 this evening. Because I think many of us are journeying something right now. And so often when we journey stuff, we don't stop for a minute to turn around and look what it looks like behind us. Is there been joy? Has there been destruction? Um, have things been, um, you know, just healed and delivered and set free behind us? Because we've got to find our strength in Him. That's what He says. We've got to find our strength in Him. One. Two, that we can't stop journeying, that we cannot settle in the valley and become comfortable with not enough. It's not the place where God has had us. We can't become comfortable with a 50-minute prayer time. We can't become comfortable with attending church once a month. We can't become comfortable with this. Well, the only church we do is on Facebook. Well, the only church we do is online. Well, the only time I read my Bible is when Pastor Kurt or, or, or somebody says, well, let's turn to this passage. Gee, there's a pilgrimage that you've got to grow in. And the minute that you stop, and the minute that you put your tent in the chaos, in the valley of Bach, in the valley of mourning, in the valley of desolation, that you're in right now, there's, there's a few things can happen. You can either stay in that valley and never move out of it, or he says that if you will find your strength in God, that as you move, that as you go forward, that as you persevere, he says that valley, you will turn it into springs behind you. He says the rains will come and even fill the pools that are behind you because you're going to go from strength to strength. My, my favorite part about Psalm 84, I'm going to close with this, and the psalmist writes in verse 10, he says, for a day in your courts, a day in your presence, a day spent with you, he says, is better than a thousand elsewhere. Now let's, let's just think about this for a minute. Because, because you know what he's saying? A better is basically what he's saying is better is one day just in the presence of the living God in, 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 that I spend time at your, at your feet is better than three years of anything else in a sense. That's what more than three years. Sorry, but he says, yeah, he's better than a thousand days in your courts. And think about that for a minute. They, 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 the psalmist writes, he says, guys, when you truly have an encounter with God, that He energizes you so that it is better to spend that one day that you prepare to sacrifice everything that you have for that one moment where God just enters the room with you is better than a thousand anywhere else. It says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tent of the wicked. He says, even if I've got the worst job in the world, even if I'm just the, the guy that greets the door, even if I'm only the person that cleans the toilet um, on a Sunday, if I'm the only person that pours the communion for everyone on a Sunday, he says, I would do the most minuscule jobs if I can just know 
that I can be in his presence. He carries on verse 11. He says, For the Lord is the sun and the shield. The Lord will give you grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And the Lord of hosts is a blessed is the man who trusts you in you. That's incredible scripture. And I, I love the way the psalmist writes it because I want to encourage you today. We all journey something right now. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor, it doesn't matter if you're an elder, it doesn't matter if you're a Sunday school teacher or youth leader, it doesn't matter if you're just a normal church attending Jesus lover. We're all journeying this valley of weeping right now, this valley of desolation, this valley of barrenness. We don't know what the future looks like. We don't know which way the government's going to go. We don't know any of these questions or answers to these questions. But there's one thing that I know, that the psalmist writes, and he says, I would rather find myself in your presence than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper at the tent of my God than be anywhere else. And, and often I wonder if you and I get that. Do we get the fact that we have to draw our strength from God? That when we meet, we want to meet with a living God, not a picture of who God is for someone else, but you and I meet with the living God. And more than that, that yes, we're going to go through journeys, and yes, we're going to go through hardship, and yes, we're going to go through difficult times. But the word of God says that if you draw your strength from me and you keep on moving towards me and the purpose and the plan that I have for you, don't worry about what happens behind you. Because that's where most of us worry. Most of us are worrying about what tomorrow, what, what, what to, what tomorrow is going to look like or what yesterday looked like or what was next week going to look like. And the word of God says if you focus on him, if you draw your strength from him, if you start to listen to things that are appropriate to your life, you start to speak the right conversations and not get caught up in all the conspiracy stuff out there. If you spend time in the presence of God like Jesus did, He will give you direction and He will help you through the season. But, He says, without you even realizing it, that I'm going to cause almost a revival behind you. And prophetically, I believe this is where the church is. Prophetically, I believe that we've got to get to a place right now where we're seeking God with all of our heart as individuals, as church, as leaders, as Sunday school teachers, as Homsa leaders, whatever, that we are seeking God and say, Father, yes, we are journeying through this valley of Baca. Yes, we are journeying through this valley of, of, of weeping, this valley of desolation, this valley of, of almost nothing. And we're difficult God, and there are times where I just want to push my tent and say, enough is enough. But we know that we're on a pilgrimage. And I want to tell you, you're on a pilgrimage. And the church is on a pilgrimage. And how we come out of this pandemic is going to speak louder than what we did during the pandemic. You see, when, when this whole pandemic started, everyone said, oh, there was going to be a massive revival. And, and when, when we went back to church, the church is going to be full and people are going to see Jesus and they're going to flock to the church. I, with all my heart, still want to see that happen. But many of us have become despondent. Many of us are losing our faith. Many of us are losing our, our trust in God. We're not drawing our strength from Him. We're drawing strength from the TV channels and radio channels and uh, social media. And we're not drawing our strength from Him. So when we hit the valley of mourning, when we hit the valley of Bacchus, the valley of weeping, our strength is gone because our strength is not found in Him. And so I want to encourage you tonight. Come on. Let's do this thing. Let's together as a church start to pray like we never prayed before. Let as a church, let us read the Word of God like we've never read the Word of God before. As a church, can we start to pray prophetically that God is going to start to destroy this virus, that God is going to restore our economy, that God is going to touch the heart of our president and government right now, that churches are going to function correctly? Because I said on Sunday in Proverbs 18, it says that life and death are in the tongue. And we've got to come to a place where we speak 
life in every situation right now. That there cannot be death in your life and in my life. And so maybe you settled a little bit. Maybe you don't understand the valley of mourning or the valley of weeping or the valley of Baca that you're going through right now. But all I want to say is to you, find your strength in Him. The psalmist writes, he says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Let us be that guy. Let us be that woman. Let us be that church. Let us be that prophet that draws all our strength from God. Why? Because we find ourselves in His presence constantly. And so I want to encourage you today. Spend time in His presence. Yes, your finances may not look good. Your marriage may not look good. Whatever you're going through. You know that the word says that as you go through that valley, if you draw your strength from Him, rivers, rivers will be behind you. Springs will be behind you. Rains will come and fill barren pools that have been dead for long, so long. God's got you. And God's got this. But God needs you to come and spend time in His presence. Presence in the time with the living God. Not an idea, not a theology, not a, not a, a, a church a function, not a governmental structure, but that you see God with all of your heart. And so I pray that you guys have a blessed week. We love you guys, we miss you guys. Please don't forget, we still need food at church. And uh, there's still families that we're feeding if you are able to help. And also don't forget, book us Sunday mornings. Very important that you, the numbers on the, on, the, on the screen right now, you have to book for Sunday mornings. It's been amazing. We've seen new congregations almost come through every single week. And we get a chance to connect with you guys. We are, we do social distance. We do wear our masks. We do sanitize. We do fill in the register. We do take your temperature. So you've got to understand something, that we put everything in place for you to be safe. All right, but there's nothing better than prayer. So keep us in prayer, even as we journey these two services, as we journey the Wednesday night the, uh, video and that kind of stuff. Please keep us in prayer. I don't want to get stuck here, and I know you don't want to get stuck here. And I'm trusting God for a way forward. I'm trusting God for a new way. And I, and I want to pray that God will give us wisdom and discernment in the season to know exactly what it is that He desires of us. So as you just enjoy the rest of your week and just get excited about Sunday in church. I want to pray a blessing over you tonight. And I want to just let God do the impossible in your life. Amen. Father, I thank you for every person that's watching. I pray for every person that is sick. I pray for every person that has the flu and, and the cold and any person that's picked up the COVID. I pray healing over them right now in Jesus' name. I want to pray that for those that have come to it in the time of stress and anxiety. Father, we, it almost feels like a time they're having heart attacks. I want to pray that you give them peace right now in the situation. And I know there's many that feel they're in the valley of Baca, the valley of desolation, the valley of nothing, the valley of, of weeping right now. But I pray that even in this time that they would reach out to you, that they would seek you with all of their hearts, that they would be found by you. And Father, that you would turn every situation. And Father, I know that you are the God of the impossible. So I pray right now for every person that is listening, that no matter what they face or what they're facing right now, Holy Spirit, God, I pray that you would come and heal. That you'd bind marriages together. That you'd heal the brokenhearted. That you'd set those in captivity free. That you'd break every addiction, Father. That every person that is feeling anxious right now, that is feeling depressed right now, that is struggling with their health, Lord, would you come and would you just heal them? And even when you're sitting there tonight, I just want you just to touch the area that you're not feeling healthy. Be it your chest, be it your, your sons, be it wherever it might be. Just put your hand there. And just trust God to get that He's going to heal you right now. 
And as He heals you right now, just start to receive His healing. I want to pray for those that desperately want to get into His presence and, and you don't know how and you feel uncomfortable and you don't even know where to start. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and find them and meet them at their place of need. And as you do that, may their lives be changed forever. May you deposit such a hunger in us for who you are, for your presence, for time at your feet, Father. May you drop that hunger in us that we will become desperate. Lord, even as the psalmist like my flesh cries out for the living God. May we be those kinds of people, I pray in Jesus' name. Have a blessed evening. Love you guys. See you Sunday.